12 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's the second part of our business wrap. And uh, I have it on good authority that uh, we have uh, the Chief Operating Officer at the Airports Company of South Africa, Fundis Tebe, on the line with us. Fundi, good evening to you and welcome. Indeed, thank you so much. Good evening, Ayabong. Fundi, I was just reading through, uh, I guess, some of the uh, um, conditions uh, that are attached to the relaxation of... Um, you know, some of the restrictions around international travel. And we know that uh, international travel is restricted to your three main airports, um, you know, uh, in Durban, in Johannesburg, and in Cape Town. And uh, uh, you have also said in the last while that uh, you think your passenger numbers will recover to 2019 levels only in 2023. What does it mean now to have this... um, all of these restrictions lifted for you in terms of that particular timeline, but also operationally, I guess, in terms of the um, uh, runway, if I can put it that way, that you've had from a financial, operational and other perspectives. Well, um, so you are right, um, Ayabonga. Indeed, we're not going to see the numbers that we saw um, pre-COVID from 2019 for at least another two to three years. And it's not only just airports, it's also airlines. So what does that mm. mean? It just it means that one our biggest emphasis right now is to ensure that we keep on increasing passenger confidence and ensuring that passenger and employee and stakeholder health and safety is at the core of our operations. So what has happened, Ayabong, is that um, from the beginning of level five up until perhaps today, from an international perspective, borders have been closed. However, we have been facilitating and operating repatriation and evacuation flights in and out of South Africa. That has forced us to, obviously, within a limited space of our airport, process um, and ensure that our standard operating protocols and procedures are really in line with what is required from an ICAO and a WHO perspective so that when we do finally unlock and open up from tomorrow our, our mm. borders and are ready for international traffic, that we're well, you know, ready from a passenger screening perspective, the documentation. Like you said, as you were reading, there's quite a stringent requirement that is required of the passenger now upon departure or even arrival back, um, back in South Africa. So that has given us that opportunity just to tighten up those processes in and around the airport and ensuring that once we do open up, really, we can say with confidence that we're ready for an increase in those passenger numbers through those airports. Mm. Talk to me, I mean, about, I guess, you know, the implications of this. Uh, you've touched on some of it uh, in terms of uh, the resources that are needed to make sure screening happens and that compliance with all of the other elements of the regulations happens. But if we were to take OR Tambo, for example, I mean, Terminal A has been effectively shut since uh, the lockdown started. Uh, to have that operating again from the 1st of October, uh, it's not like, I guess, switching uh, a switch on and off again. Uh, what, what does it take to resume operations? Uh, what does it take not only just from a personnel perspective, but even in terms of your own internal systems? So fortunately, Terminal A was, um, like you say, because we didn't have international scheduled um, flights operating out of there, we did have um, the repatriation flights that we were using um, Terminal A for. So we had Terminal mm. A operational, but very, very limited um, so what it did mean is that, you know, the large part of our infrastructure was essentially cut, shut down. So our baggage systems, our air conditioning systems, you know, a, a large part of, of the lighting, you know, the electrical 
um, equipment had to be shut down. But like you say, because there are huge infrastructure systems and you can't just afford to turn them on within a 24-hour period, we had been anticipating a start date of 1 October. So probably from the last three weeks or so, we started running the critical infrastructure just so that we, we are ready for that 1, um, 1 October mm. start. Things like security, our, our scanning equipment, etc., has to, I mean, that's what we call a license to operate. If we are not sure. scanning passengers, you know, from a safety perspective, baggage, uh, we, we, we don't have a running airport. So that's also something that we've had to operationalize over the last couple of weeks in the event um, of, of the, in anticipation rather, of the 1 October start date. Mm. And then it just in terms, I mean, of, uh, you know, your, 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 some of your clients, I would think, uh, the people who pay over airport taxes to yourselves, uh, which are some of the companies in the aviation space. I mean, a lot of people have said there's been extensive consolidation that has happened. We've seen a few of the major players in South Africa into business, Rescue, Kame, SAA, uh, and SAA still effectively mothballed. Uh, what, what does all of that mean, I guess, for, for yourselves and uh, your ability to collect on some of that revenue, even as some of these restrictions are being relaxed? What, what does that mean in terms of, uh, I guess, the, the top line of, uh, of your income statement? I mean, look, it's been quite a significant um, income in your re- uh, revenue reduction. Um, like you say, um, apart from the fact that even you know during the, the different levels, when we eventually went into level three and started operating some of the domestic flights, we were still doing so within a limited context or a limited environment. Remember, we had the three airports starting and we still had business um, travel at that stage. But what it meant was we started our domestic schedule without um, SAA, without British Airways Comair, which is a huge chunk of the domestic market. So already we felt the pinch um, from that perspective. But interestingly, it also meant that from a demand perspective, where we saw an increase in demand from passengers wanting to travel more and more domestically, and especially when leisure was opened, that there were very limited choices at that stage. And at this stage still, we only have Airlink, Sim Air, Mango, as well as Fly Safir. So you can understand that those four operators can only run a certain amount of flights, given that they've got limitations of availability of fleet as well. So it has meant that perhaps because we're still in the early days of demand, in the early days of passengers wanting to travel, we're still okay. But we do need um, the additional um, carriers to come back on stream to start to service that increase in especially the domestic market. What it does mean from an international perspective as well, you'll, you, you started speaking about the high-risk countries that have been categorized into high risk. And if we look mm. at those, those top five destinations for us, especially from a leisure perspective, being countries like the UK, countries like France, countries like the US, um, that's quite a significant amount that for now is still not going to be active because leisure travel from those markets is still somewhat restricted. So it does mean that if we have to look at those countries and only really account for business travel, that the percentage is still quite significantly lower. I mean, in a good month, 70% of our um, traffic is accounted to domestic Mm. travel. And I mean, sorry, for uh, leisure. And 30% is business. So you can understand that of those countries, big source markets for us, and we're only activating at best 30% of those um, mm. travelers, it's still going to be a long haul. And that's why we're still saying 23, 2023, 2024 is mm. when we'll get back to something that looks like normal. It's certainly not out of the woods for you guys, uh, Fundi, and uh, you're probably looking out and hoping that we'll get to level zero or back to whatever semblance of normality we can. Correct. No, we, we need it, I think, 
not only, you know, selfishly from an airport and airline perspective, but from an economy perspective. I mean, mm. like I say, you know, tourism, even business accounts for a large part of, of, of our passenger numbers. And the sooner we can get back to as much as we can from a normality perspective, we'll start seeing an increase in those numbers. But most importantly, we have to put at the forefront um, that the passenger must feel comfortable and confident in the entire value chain. And that's what we value mm. right now. That's what we're working on. We're not chasing numbers. It's not really about, you know, a quantity. It's more making sure that we offer a quality experience for the passenger throughout the airports, even though it's still somewhat uh, limited. Okay. Fundis Tebe, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ayabonga. Good night.